0: Says, uh, Rabbi uh, who would think that in a sugya like this, which is, is so complex, not difficult, just, just complex, dealing with the relationship of a man to the son of the woman his father raped, uh, and what that relationship is, and arayas, and yibum, and all, that's, that's what the sugya is. Who would think that in such a sugya we can get some yesodas in education, in, in, in how to educate? The Rambam says in Hilchus Deus, The Rambam, after going through his famous golden rule and saying, not in the extreme right, not in the extreme left, go the middle path, he says, there are two midot where that does not apply. The Midah of and the Midah of, uh, of, of Kas or lack of Kas, in the area of, of hum, arrogance and, and anger. In those areas, you've got to go to the extreme. There's no place for any arrogance, there's no place for any anger. You should go to the other extreme when it comes to Kas. You should train yourself. This is about training and development to, to be able not to get angry even over something one should get angry about. And and, and so on. So the Rambam goes on. Uh, and yet in Hilchot Talmud Torah, the Rambam says, If the Rav realizes that the reason he says in the piece before, and we'll see it further on again, he talks about how patient the Rav has to be with the Talmudim and teaching them over and over until they get it. But if the Rav thinks the reason they're not getting it because they're looking at their cell phone, or they're talking one to the other, or their mind is wandering, he has to get angry with them, and shame them, with words, so as to sharpen them. Now this wouldn't go in current terms, in, in, in current educational method, methodology textbooks, but this is Torah. So we have to understand, what is it? What does the Rambam mean? Where does the Rambam get it from? He's just said that caste is something you should never, it's the one middle you never have. And now he says, a role model, a teacher, a rabbi. there are times when he's got to get angry and he's got to, he's got to shame the Talmud. So he gets it from al Gemara. Says, the Massechah started with 15 women uh, who are potter from Rebum and Chalitza and they also, they patter, they cause their co-wives to also be potter and from Yibum. and the Mishnah lists the 15. On our daft, Omar Rabbi, Levi L'Rebi, this is the beginning of a new sugya. We've kind of had one suya. this will be on test, and it's been one long working out of Psukim backwards and forwards. Um, and now the, the Gemara starts analyzing our Mishnah. Up till now, we've been working on Psukim. We've been analyzing Psukim in the Torah. Now we're analyzing the... Um, uh, the Mishnah, Omar le, Levi, Le'Rebi. Levi was the Talmud of Rabbi Yehuda and Asi. So here, Levi, Rav Shmuel. These are the Amoraim who bridged the period of the Tanaim to the Amoraim. And we've often talked about how important these bridging personalities are from one era to the to, to the next, from the from the Goenim to from the Tanaim to the Goenim, from the Goenim to the Rishonim, the Rishonim to the Amoraim, and so, uh, to to the Acharinim, and so on. And so Levi says to his Rebbe, Rabbi Yuda anasi My mm-hmm. Iri the Tani Vav, litni tedzain, the Mishnah left one out. It says 15, there should be 16. So uh, Levi works out, works out there's one obscure case, this issue of a relationship with a son of a woman who the father raped, and so on. Omary, so Rebbe answers him, This question was probably asked in the Shia. And Rebbe turns to the shir because it's in the third person and says, "It would appear to me that in this man's skull there isn't a brain." Not a nice thing to say about Levi, but Rebbe says this in front of everybody. <laughs> the Gemara says in Aruvin, Daf Mundalad, Rabbi a person has to teach his Talmud nicely and gently over and over again until he gets it. Until he's got it clear and he can say it over. And you must show him a face. You must be present with him, with the, with the Talmud and, and, and be there. Don't just do it on Zoom. Do it face to face. You put it in front of them yourself. Engage with them. And then Pirkei Ovis, Hillel says, um, it, with a whole, a whole a whole lot of it, pieces of advice one of them he says is V'lo an angry person can't be a teacher so we see all of these examples of how irritation and anger gets in the way of education and it's paskand in shukhunuruk in siman rashme involving yurad harav shili made if the Rebbe is teaching and the Talmudim don't get it loy khosaleh He's not to get angry with them. He goes over and over until they understand the depth of the halacha. And The Talmud also has to be very careful not to say I've understood when you haven't understood. You must be willing to ask, take the risk of asking a question. Don't worry about whether it's a dumb question or not. You've got to learn and if you don't have it clear, you've got to ask for clarity. I'm sorry I'm so unintelligent, but this is Torah, and I have to learn. I have a chiv to learn, whether I get, I'm getting it or not. The Khiv is to learn, and you need to help me. That, that's why I'm here. So that, that, that's the style that goes on in the educational forum. And yet in Sif Yudalef, and in the next Sif, where the Shulchanor says, and Talmidim shouldn't be embarrassed in front of one another. Um, if some are faster to get it, some are slower. The slower Talmud has to be willing to ask the questions and and review as many times as he needs to, as he needs to. Um, because if he doesn't, he'll end up just not, not, not learning anything at all. And that's what it means when it says a by shan can't learn. Somebody who's not willing to be vulnerable. And take the risk of asking a question, or asking the Rebbe to repeat it. He's never going to learn. That's, you, you can't become a Talmud chacham if you don't get that clarity. On the other hand, Kapdan Melamed. An angry person can't be a teacher. And then the Shulchan Aruch adds, as does the Rambah, Bamed, Varim Amurim, where does the supply, Where the reason the Talmud, the Talmud is struggling is because of the depth of the material. Because they're slow, they're just not, they're not not very bright. But if the Rav sees they're taking it easy in their learning, and they're weak in their application, and that's why they don't understand, that one has to get angry at them and one has to... um, and one has to shame them with words. And there, that's what it means. Make the talmidim afraid of you. There's, uh, there's, there needs to be a bit of moirot. It's not A Rebbe is not a friend of the Talmudim, because if he is, then that distance makes it harder for the Talmud to really apply himself to what the Rebbe is teaching. And therefore the Rebbe should not ever... Be with just Rosh, just to play, playing. You shouldn't be playing with the, with, the, with the Talmudian. You shouldn't be having fun with the Talmudian. It should be a bit of a distance. <inaudible> Not to laugh too much with them. <inaudible> Not to party with them. <inaudible> so that there's a bit of distance in amo as far as they're concerned. <inaudible> and that way they'll learn faster. So that's the, that's the, the Shulchanoruch. Says the, um, the the Chavos Yair. The Chavos Yair is a 16th century, um, I think 17th century German pesek. Uh, Shalish and shuvos of the Chavos Yair are, are very are very important shuvos for us. And he comments, quoting this this gemara. It seems to me, Rebi Elu Ramba. This is the makor for the Rambam. Where does the Rambam get it from that you're allowed to get angry at the Talmud? He gets it from this very Gemara. Rebbe knew how great Levi was. And he's not the kind of person that should make a mistake. The only reason he would make a mistake is if he hasn't put in enough effort. Levi knows it all and he's got a brilliant mind. So if he says something dumb, that's because he hasn't he hasn't thought it through. <laughs> Not from arrogance or anger by Retanya at the very end of Gemara Soita, one of the last lines of Masekhta Soita that says, Mishemet Rebbi betela Anavah. Once Rebbe died, there was nobody you didn't know what Anava was. If you wanted a model of Anava of humility, it was Rebbe. So the, this man who was so so known for his humility turns on Levi and says something in, in public like that, that there's, there's no brain in that skull. That's really a harsh thing to say for somebody who's na- known for his anava. So, so, so what is it and, 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 and what are we dealing with over here? It's interesting to me that people are very fragile today. And, and uh, in Chilmuch, in one has to be a lot more careful than one, one had to be in earlier times. Uh, people get hurt, people get damaged. But what's interesting to me is that it doesn't happen in sports. A, a coach pushes them, he abuses them, yells at them, shouts at them, and the more he does it, the better the coach. What this guy gets out of these people, isn't it amazing? Yeah, but look at him, he yells, yeah, of course he yells at us, that's how he gets it out of us. And, uh, and if a Rebbe does it, the parents are already reporting it. Why? What it really means, in essence, is that sports, there's a desire to get better. I'm willing to be pushed to the limits. I want to be the best I can be. In Torah, I want to be relaxed. I don't, want to, I don't want to be pushed. I don't want to be stretched. At the end of the day, when you look at the difference in approach, you realize the values that will we'll accept certain things in sports if they make us better sportsmen. But if they make us better, there we get all offended and we get easily insulted because terror is not as important as sports for many people where it is, it's different. I pushed my way into my Rosh shear. He didn't want to take me, and I was the least, I was the weakest not only in his shear, which was the top shear, I was the weakest in the entire yeshiva. But eventually I nagged and nagged and I got in. And there wasn't even a seat for me, I had to sit kind of next to him. And he was a very scary Rosh yeshiva, terribly scary. So for weeks I didn't say a word in the shear. Eventually I plucked up the courage and I asked, a, I asked a question. And it was one of those moments, you know, those moments as the words are coming out of your mouth, you think to yourself, Oh my goodness, I wish the earth would just swallow me up. What, what got into me? What was I thinking? But you can't stop. you kind of to carry on. So I knew what was coming. I knew he was going to completely tear me to pieces. And he didn't, he turned around and he showed me in the Gomorrah with his finger and he pointed and he learned it through with me and he answered me very nicely. So I felt a bit of relief. And after the shir, I went up to him and I said, I've noticed there are three groups of Talmidim in your shir. They're the good ones, they're the mediocre ones, and they're the bad ones. When a good one asks Akasha, you tear them to pieces. When a mediocre one asks Akasha, you ignore them. When a bad one, a poor one asks Akasha, you're very sweet to them. I said, I asked you, Akasha, you're very sweet to me, and I'm insulted. And with that began an amazing relationship uh, of, of pushing to the limits and of challenging where there's risk in asking a question. There's got to be risk in asking a question. Otherwise, everybody just asks whatever's on their mind and they can, there's got to be a risk. You've got to think about it. This had better be something worth asking. Otherwise, let me rather ask one of my friends. Let me rather ask one Why would one ask in the sheer a dumb question? Is it really because you want to understand? If it's what, if it's because you want to understand, ask your friend. Why ask it in the sheer of the Rebbe? That's probably because you want to show off how much you know. That's what it's about. That's what Rebbe is afraid of with Levi. Levi thinks of an obscure case that the Mishnah didn't think of. The most obscure case you can imagine. The Gomorrah goes on for a long time after this, working out all these different obscure cases. Which is the one Levi could have been thinking about? It's so obscure that the Gomorrah finds it difficult to figure out. And Rebbe says, you're probably thinking of this case with the rapist and so on. Why bring something so obscure? Is it really because you're trying to understand the Mishnah? Or is it because you, <laughs> you've got a clever thing, you've thought of a clever case which the Mishnah left out? And, and Rebbe wants to make a point to, to Levi, that that's not the way to behave, that's not the way to do it. And the Maritz Chai says, this is the makor for an educational method. Now still, how does it work when the Rambam says you're not allowed to have caste The Rambam also says further on in that first Rambam that, that, that I brought, that it, where there's a necessity to show caste to one's children or to, or to students... Then, then in that case, What's important says the Rambam is what's going on inside you. You need to be calm and unaffected. And you act angry. It's an act. Sometimes you've got to act. But if it's coming from a place of inner irritation, that's that's something that isn't allowed, and Rebbe, when Rabbi said that to Levi, it wasn't that Rebbe lost his temper. It's not that Rebbe got angry. Rebbe deliberately thought it through that he wanted to uh, to to um, shame, to humiliate the Talmud, because because of the need to learn to learn that that. And today you say, my goodness, you're going to humiliate a, 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 a Talmud, you're going to humiliate a student in, in front of other students. It's, what a terrible thing, what a terrible thing. But that's part of the way that education was, was done. That's how there was a risk to not being on top of your material. Otherwise, there's no risk to ever being on top of your material. It's not, a, it's not; they weren't exams in the yeshivas. They didn't test you. So, and and then everybody would know you only got a, a D instead of an A, and everybody else got As and Bs, and you got a D. That would be shame. We don't do those. Things. We don't have, We don't have exams. So, so how do you know where you're at? By the way, the Rebbe treats you, by the respect with the, which the Rebbe with which the Rebbe shows you. So today, one does have to be careful because people are fragile. But the important thing is the inner place. I found that whenever. I've been harsh with people and it's come from an inner place of irritation which happens often because people can be very irritating and and, and you, a teacher's human and you get irritated. When it comes from an inner place of irritation, it doesn't land well. The person gets hurt, the person gets damaged, it, it doesn't land well. When it comes from a place of love, where it is really like the sports coach, when you really are just trying to push the limits of the Talmud. Um, some, some of my closest Talmudian from South Africa from years ago, and David will know exactly who, who the people are that I'm talking about, where we, and we're still so terribly close in them. They'll tell the stories of, of how they were humiliated at times and how that changed their lives. How that made them never come to a shoe and not properly prepared. How that made them think a thing through before they said something and trained them not just in their their Torah, but trained trained them professionally also to higher and higher and higher standards of excellence. If it's all just about making everybody feel comfortable and good, and everybody's a genius, every child in the class is a genius, everybody gets an A, because if you don't, the parents will be done. We're never going to create excellence. So this understanding of, of what it is to, to, to learn Torah in a way where there is there's risk in a way where there's a requirement and an expectation, where a Rebbe's role is to coach coach and to push the boundaries, Uh, and at times even to show anger at at an individual, at times even to shame the individual, if he feels that that individual will grow out of the shame and not be damaged out of the shame. And most important of all is that if ever it happens that a, a Rebbe decides to do that, how important it is that he checks in himself, is this coming from irritation? In which case I need to get over the irritation first. But if it's coming from an educational perspective, I'm really trying to set a standard and to teach people how to behave, how to think, how to learn, how to ask a question, and this is part of the learning process, and I'm, it comes from a place of genuine love and care for the Talmud, uh, then, it's, then it's something different, as was the case with Rebbe to Levi.